Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our incarnate Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from the prologue of St. John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is our text. Have you ever experienced a moment where time seemed to stand still? Perhaps a close call on the highway caused your entire life to proverbially flash before your eyes. Or maybe you were gazing into the eyes of the one you love and it seemed to you like the whole history of the universe hinged on that moment. Well, today we celebrate a moment in time when time itself collapsed, when eternity entered into history, when the timeless one stepped into time. At that moment, as a little baby lay sleeping in a manger, our world was changed forever. It is that moment which captures our hearts this morning as we celebrate Christ's birth among us. Now normally when we think of the Christmas narrative in scripture, I'd imagine that most of us think of the Gospel of Luke, which tells us of the angel's song sung over the Judean countryside, that tells us about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, how he was laid in a manger and worshipped by the shepherds. Maybe some of us think of the Gospel of Matthew that tells us how a little bit later on, the Magi come and worship the newborn king. But today, it is the birth narrative, if we can even call it that, of John that we consider. And his telling of the story begins considerably earlier. It begins at the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This opening verse of John's Gospel takes us back before the beginning of time itself, And in doing so, it states so simply and yet so eloquently two vital truths. The eternity of the word and the divinity of the word. That the word has always been and that the word has always been God. The book of Genesis teaches us that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. John, on the other hand, does not say that in the beginning God created the Word, but in the beginning was the Word. The eternal Son of God was with God in the beginning. Before the universe was spoken into being, the Word was there. Before the angels, before the stars, before the planets, before light itself, the Word was there. Colossians says that he, the Son, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Our epistle reading from Hebrews said that he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he always has been. When John connects the presence of the word to the same beginning that Moses is talking about in Genesis, he's making clear to us that there was never a time when the Son did not exist. God the Father did not exist before God the Son, but both are eternal. 
Martin Luther captures this well when he's explaining in his small catechism the, the second article of the creed. There he says that Jesus Christ is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity. And then, by the way, being raised from the dead, he now lives and reigns to all eternity as well. The Son of God is eternal in every way, from the beginning of time to the end and beyond. In fact, Scripture tells us that he is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. In the beginning was the Word, who now reigns over an eternal kingdom, before the worlds began to be. The Alpha, through whom were laid the foundations of the earth, was also the Omega who would save us. In the beginning, Jesus was already the end. Not only is the word eternal, but he is and always has been God. Truly, fully, completely, 100% God. The word was with God, and the word was God. John intends that the whole of his gospel should be read in light of this verse. The words and deeds of Jesus are the words and deeds of God, including the creation of all things. The word not only existed before creation, he was the agent of God's creation. Today's reading from Hebrews tells us that it is the son through whom God created the world. Colossians says, By him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. And John in particular is at pains to stress this reality. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. Not anything at all. In one of his sermons on this text, St. Augustine really brings out how profound this truth is when he says this. He was before his own flesh. He created his own mother. He chose her in whom he should be conceived. He gave birth to her of whom he should be given birth. Why do you marvel? It is God of whom I am speaking. And John says that this God, the eternal word, was with God the Father in the beginning. But to say in English that that the word was with God really doesn't do the phrase justice. The the original Greek word here, pros, means that that he was turned toward God in every way. It's it's indicating this, this close and intimate personal relationship with the Father. So one translation could be, he was in the beginning face to face with God. One commentator has written, John 1.1 speaks of the divine and eternal communion out of which the word comes to us and which he proffers to man as eternal life. Because you see, the eternal Son of God, who is God himself and was with God the Father from eternity, was not created, but he was born. And the word became flesh. The eternal son of God was born as a human being. One church father says, remaining what he was, he became what he was not. And notice here that this is an active and not a passive verb. 
Christ's birth was not something that, that just happened to him. John does not say that the word was made into flesh. John says that the word became flesh. The incarnation is a free and loving act of the eternal son of God who benevolently deigned to become a man for us. And so the word becoming flesh is the climax not only of John's prologue, but all of human history because the word joined human history by becoming a human. Just as the word of God was spoken into the darkness in the beginning to create light, here also the word of God burst forth into the sin-darkened world as the true light, which gives light to everyone. With God the Father as his source, Jesus, God of God, light of light, was coming into our world. Jesus, Lord and Savior, word and light, the culmination of history, and a little baby boy. The one who set the stars and planets into motion is now set into a manger. The one who laid the foundations of the earth is now laid upon a bed of straw. The one whom the heavens cannot contain is now wrapped up tightly in swaddling clothes. The one by whom and through whom and for whom the worlds were made, who himself was begotten, not made, is now made man for us men and for our salvation. There's an ancient poem that's written from the perspective of Mary as, as she sits gazing upon her son when he's born. And part of that, she says this. Who has seen a babe who gazes entirely everywhere? He gazes as the director of all creation above and below. He looks as the commander of the universe. That is what he was and is and always will be. Augustine once preached, Do not imagine that it is too great a thing for you to become the children of God. For your sakes, he became the son of man, who was the son of God. And Martin Luther, that great former Augustinian monk, reminds us, Jesus became incarnate for our sake, in order that we might enter into great glory, that our flesh and blood, skin and hair, hands and feet, stomach and back, might reside in heaven as God does. And so they will. We will dwell in heaven with God because God has made his dwelling among us in Christ. And that Christ gave everything he was so that we might be redeemed. St. Athanasius has written, It was our sorry case that caused the word to come down. Our transgression that called out his love for us so that he made haste to help us and to appear among us. It is we who were the cause of his taking human form and for our salvation that in his great love he was born. The word perceived that corruption could not be got rid of otherwise than through death. Therefore, he assumed a body capable of death. If the prologue of John's gospel all serves to point us to that mysterious truth that the word became flesh, The whole of John's gospel and the whole of scripture serves to demonstrate that the word became flesh 
to suffer and die for you, for me. He took on your flesh so that he could take on your sin and put it to death on the cross. You know, there, the span of all eternity was collapsed into the span of the eternal son's arms spread out in love for you and for me. On the cross, Luther says, Christ became in his suffering and dying human body the highest, the greatest, and the only sinner. The eternal Son of God was born to complete a God-given, search-and-destroy mission. He put on a body so that in the body he might find death and blot it out. And that is just what he did. So that the world he created might be recreated and made new. St. Athanasius writes again, The renewal of creation has been wrought by the self-same word who made it in the beginning. There is thus no inconsistency between creation and salvation. For the one Father has employed the same agent for both works, effecting the salvation of the world through the same word who made it in the beginning. The eternal son offered himself to be born as a human being with a human body. And then he offered up that body to be crucified. But most wondrously of all, after that body was dead and buried, he took it up again. The only begotten son of God also became the firstborn of the dead to live again. Because he took on our flesh not only to die, but to raise us up from the grave. He was not defiled by the body by being in it. Rather, by being in the body, he sanctified it. The father did not let his holy eternal son see decay, but raised him up. And that son will raise us up as well. In the beginning was the word. And in the end, there will be the word. And you will be there with him. Your body restored and renewed and alive. Because the word became flesh. The word, the eternal son who was face to face with God in the glories of heaven, took on flesh to come face to face with you. Through his incarnation, he has bestowed on us what he himself has had from all eternity and which he bought for you and me with his blood. An active and personal and intimate communion with God. And so today as we celebrate and marvel at the humble and gracious incarnation of our Lord, let us pause and and let time stop for but another moment. Like the Virgin Mary, let us ponder this great and wondrous mystery of God restoring eternity to us as the word became flesh for us. And let us never tire of rejoicing in and giving thanks for the birth of the eternal son. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which transcends our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in our incarnate Lord Christ Jesus now and forever. Amen.